Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome on in. 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. I am Tyler Trumbauer alongside my Tuesday, Thursday man, starting off his final week of the semester for the morning after. The athlete formerly known as Chewy, or what are we calling you now? The athlete extraordinaire, Chewy. Oh, yeah, whatever you're more comfortable with, I'll take. Uh, they're all great nicknames. I like extraordinaire, though. There you go. We'll stick with Extraordinaire. He's in the building with us to start off the month of December. December 1st, 2015. We're almost ready to wrap it up. Did you buy a calendar? Did you buy a 2016 calendar yet, Chew? No, I didn't. But I bought some boots yesterday, though. That has nothing to do with the fact that it's almost the end of 2015. But thanks for keeping us Yeah, I just wanted to let you know. Because I want to celebrate the fact there's no snow outside. So That is a good point. I am also celebrating that fact. Uh... Like I was talking about yesterday on the show, so I won't really go into it too much. But it uh, certainly was nice to see 60s when I went home yeah. for Thanksgiving. That was that was good stuff. So nonetheless, it is third. It is excuse me, Tuesday, December first, 2015. No snow on the ground. Maybe it's a chance of rain, but we'll take that here in the borough. Low 50s. I'm loving it. Just a few more days left here in this semester. A few more days left of the morning after as well. Um, If you missed yesterday's show, we said that this is the final week of shows for this semester and for yours truly, of course, with me uh, leaving at the end of this semester. For those of you that don't remember that announcement, I am departing Edinburgh University at the conclusion of this fall semester. Putting, putting, giving the keys over to Tubby. I'm not sure how much I should be confident in that decision, but that is the decision that is being made. <laughs> hey, I put faith. I put my faith in Tubby, so I, I'm going to question. One time, question that for the, you. Well, the one time we did a show, it was very successful, and we talked about basketball the whole time. So he's he's got a uh, he's got a fan in me for right now. All right, all right. So I see that that's the way to your heart. Anywho, yeah. so uh, Chewy Light looks to potentially be back as well. Tubby, some other new faces in the fold for 2016, the spring semester, getting things back underway in January. But, of course, I will not be one of them. Maybe I'll call in every now and then if Tubby doesn't piss me off in the last couple days here. <laughs> well, let's hope your relationship holds, holds firm. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. But nonetheless, the final show uh, for this semester is Friday, 9 to 10 a.m., the final show for yours truly is with that man right there the athlete extraordinaire chewy on thursday 9 to 10 a.m because chewy and i will then be boarding a bus a few hours later to head to east stroudsburg for a crossover action for edinburgh basketball as the men and women's teams face east stroudsburg friday night and westchester saturday afternoon a lot of travel a lot of basketball, a lot of fun left to be had here in that final weekend of the semester. So, good stuff. But before we get to that weekend, just want to preview tonight's action real quick, too. Um, an interesting Tuesday night conference date. Yeah, the PSAC shaking up the scheduling this year. Yeah. And I'm not really quite sure why. Maybe because it's been so long that we've since we've had a, a conference games. Think about it. If, if no team scheduled a non-conference over that Thanksgiving week, week and a half, the last time you would have potentially played a conference game was that Sunday, November 22nd. Wow. So it's been a little while since a conference game. I mean, I think every team had at least a non-conference game. I mean, look at our women's team. They had, what, three games yeah, since then? You guys had one against Lake Erie College on that Tuesday night. Right. So you guys have at least been keeping busy. So 
But now you're getting back into the PSAC, that interesting Sunday with back-to-back Saturday and Sundays. Now you're going into a Tuesday before going into a Friday-Saturday. And the Tuesday night tonight is against Mercyhurst, making that short trek up to Erie to the Mercyhurst Athletic Center. I like that. I like that venue just because it's so small. Yes, yeah, it's, it's almost like a high school gym. Right. Like, there's no, like, that, it kind of stinks in that regard. Yeah. And I think I don't even get, like, LTE. I think there's only, like, 3G yeah, in that building. I never have any service. It's, it's, it's rough. <laughs> but the good part of it is, like, I liked, like, last year, like, Mercyhurst, I remember, filled up the bleachers. Yeah. And I remember, like, Will having to inbound the ball. Yeah. And they were, like, on his back, like, yeah. literally on his back. Like, for some reason, they, they keyed on Will last year. Yeah, I asked him. Like, I was like, why, why are they, like, Hating. Why are they hating on you like that? He's just like, I don't know, bro. I, and I think he did, just didn't want to tell me. But they had something on him because it was just him the whole game. Right. He, he anytime he well. did anything, anytime he touched the ball, yeah. anytime anything, they were just heckling Will. Yeah. And that, that 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 gym is cool because it's like, even though it's small, it's like it's really loud. You know, <clears throat> right. Their, their fans make a lot of noise. It's like a lot of the gyms I played in back home. Like, right. It creates that big. atmosphere. Yeah. You lose that atmosphere in Division Two athletics. Yeah. You really do. Yeah, you do. It's, I mean, we've seen a lot of sometimes your guys' games, you know, when they fill up or when Gannon, Gannon and stuff like yeah. that. But there's exceptions. But, I mean, by and large, like, you would go to a high school game and, like, almost night in and night out, there was a good crowd there. Exactly. You go to a high school football game, week in and week out, there was a great crowd there most times, even if the team was bad. I mean, even students were showing up at least to, right. you know, to hang out or whatever. Because you remember when you were, like, 13, 14, you asked your parents, hey, can I go hang out at the football game? You wouldn't be able to tell them the final score at the end, but you could say you at least went to the football exactly. game. Exactly. In Division <laughs> two sports, you really lose that atmosphere, which is, it's quite a shame. It is a shame. You got you have all these, you know, big facilities, and, you know, we've got a lot of space here at Edinburgh, as far as, like, stands go, and it's rare that um, like you said, rare occasions like when we play <clears throat> Gannon or maybe like Mercyhurst or IUP or Slippy Rock that we fill the stance, you know, and every game isn't like that. But at Mercyhurst, you get that feel. Right, creates game, that atmosphere. Sure. It's a small little thing, maybe not the the, yeah. the finest of, of uh, arenas, but has its has its uh, perks. So that's uh, tonight. Women at 5.30, men at 7.30 at the Mercyhurst Athletic Center in Erie. If you're around the area, go support them. If not, don't worry, we got you covered right here on WFSE Fighting Scots Radio, the home for Borough Basketball. As uh, Mike Fenner will have the play-by-play, I'll have the color commentary in uh, one of our final games together, the dynamic duo of Fenner and myself, as uh, we'll have that call beginning at 5.15, 5.20 around there for you fine folks right here on 88.9, edinburghnow.com, the TuneIn app, as well as the Keystone Sports Network, which has the ESPN affiliate, I think that's 92.7 uh, FM in Erie, and also some station in Corey. I forget that one. It's not my job to remember. But uh, so we got you covered for Borough basketball tonight against the Lakers. Uh, what 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 are your early thoughts on that game? I mean, how much of a much? I know it's it's interesting for you because you're you're on the team, but you're not playing this year. Right. Taking a red shirt, right. so you're 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 still day day in and day out with the program, but you don't really have you know you don't have much of a say in the results considering you don't even get to put. Correct. A uniform on Correct. night in and night out. You're not on the travel right. roster, so uh, just just from from what you can glean from meetings and practices, how important is tonight's contest? Well, it's it's extremely important because Mercyhurst is obviously they were picked number one in our conference to begin the season, right? And I think um, you know we have a good opportunity. You know, being a slippery rock, we've won um, a couple of piece at games here, so. It's, it would be a good opportunity for us to get this win. It would be a big win away on the road, 
you know, especially beating Mercyhurst in their own gym, them being picked preseason number one. So it's just it would be a huge win for us coming off of uh, the tough loss we took to Lake Erie. Right, and I think even if, like, you, you could potentially say this is stealing a win because maybe on paper you guys shouldn't win this game, but it would really be nice to steal this win considering you probably lost the game to, to, to Kutztown that right. many probably thought you were going to win. I think that Golden Bears team is better than what people anticipated, right. but that definitely was a winnable game for you guys. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. We um, let one slip away at home, but, you know, this is a good opportunity. I, I, think, our, I think our guys are fired up just because, simply because – Mercyhurst beat us twice last year. You right, know, there was one of those. Teams and it was close. Year, yeah, that that we were in the game and the game we potentially could have won. So it's like we need to find a way to finish games now. Like going into um, you know my second year being here, that's the only problem we really had. It's never really been a talent issue or anything. It's just been about putting you know a complete game together and finishing the game from you know for for the full forty minutes. So. That's that's what we're going to try and focus on. Mercyhurst, they run a lot of sets. Like, they have, like, a million plays. They don't so. they don't like to, like, run it and gun it, play some playground ball. No, they, they, like to, they do. They, they do, they, but they, they do. like to. Yeah, they do that a lot, this, a lot more this year, like, from what I've been told. But it's like they have a billion plays when they finally slow it down and get into their sets. So it's just like you got to stay mentally locked in on every possession. And they force you to think. So that's why, that's why they're tough to beat because no one – like when you go into a basketball game, no basketball player is going to be like playing defense is my favorite thing to do, you know. Right. And then and they know that, so they f- they force you to focus on the defensive end. And if you're not locked in, they'll just they'll burn you. So that's the seven thirty game tonight at the Mercyhurst yeah. Athletic Center. The five thirty game between the ladies of Hurst and Borough. Uh, Edinburgh coming in six and two. Many more contests under their belt. Uh, two and one in the PSAC. Mercyhurst three and four. Two and one in the PSAC. And a little bit of a uh, interesting matchup here for one of Edinburgh's starters, Katie Fisher, the junior transfer. And where did she transfer from? Mercyhurst, Mercyhurst. University. Yep. Didn't get a lot of playing time there for the Lakers of uh, her struggling in the last few years. But Katie Fisher stepping right into a starting role this year and doing an unbelievable job for the Fighting Scots. This season, she's averaging 15.8 points per game. That's the leading scorer on the team. And also is averaging four and a half rebounds per game is the junior. So she's doing a great job yeah, she is. in her short borough career this year and next year remaining for her. This is the third game in four days for the ladies, too. Of course, they had back-to-back games at the IUP Lotus Star Classic this past weekend, hosted by IUP. Borough won both of those games, both non-conference contests against Johnson C. Smith as well as St. Augustine's University. And uh, the Scots, tremendous D on that, on that Saturday contest, only allowed 33 points to St. Augustine's. That's like a high school score, 33 points. That's the lowest, a, a, or that's the second lowest, or excuse me, that's the lowest an opponent has scored against Edinburgh since 2009-10 season when Burrow beat Washington Adventist. 101 to 20. Jeez. That's rough. Yeah. I Head think, coach Stan Swain Company laid it on on that one. Yeah. I think um, I think this this um, ladies team is surprising a lot of people this year. You know, because they, they lost a lot of great players last Val year. Majeski, so, yeah, Lindsay. Exactly. So I feel like a lot of people thought they were going to, you know, have a little bit of a drop off, especially with bringing in younger, younger freshmen and stuff. Right. And the uncertainty of uh, Katie, you know, bringing in transfers like her. And they've just, you know, 
continue chugging along here, still winning games. I think that's a testament to um, how good of a coach uh, Coach Swank is, you know, and just how he gets uh, the girls to play together. And they've come together quickly here. So They really have. And, you know, like you said, you people expected a drop-off. But the coaches of the PSAC really didn't. They were picked second. In the preseason poll. High expectations yeah. for both of Burl. You guys are picked third right. in the West. The ladies picked second in the West. So, yeah. I mean, both. I mean, you're right. They expected some drop-off from the 2014-15 season, but they still had high hopes and high expectations yeah. for this squad. Uh, so Edinburgh has won six straight games against Mercyhurst. They're going to look to make it seven tonight against the Lakers. We'll talk about that more tonight on the pregame coverage. Mike Fenner and yours truly on the call right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. We're going to come back, dive into the Monday night football thriller that it was last night on ESPN between the Browns and the Ravens. No one really expected it to be like that, but for those of you that stayed up and watched it and stayed all the way till the clock hits zero in the fourth quarter like Chewy and myself, you are not disappointed. And then we'll jump into the NBA, Chewy's wheelhouse, Kobe, Jaleel Okafor, the Warriors, the like, all of that up ahead. Do not go anywhere. The morning after is just getting underway right here on Fighting Scots Radio. Welcome on back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. Tyler Trumbauer, athlete extraordinaire, Chewy with you fine folks here on a Tuesday morning, the first day in the month of December, the final month of 2015. I know that just makes me so ecstatic on so many levels. I just can't stop talking about it. And uh, another thing that just made me ecstatic was the ending to that game last night. Monday night... Everyone thought it was going to be just a snooze fest. The 3-7 and seven Ravens versus the 2-8 and eight Browns matching up on Monday Night Football. Everyone's like, my goodness. Figuring out, oh, I guess ESPN can't flex out like, like NBC can with Sunday night. You know that? Like NBC can flex out of games if they don't like yeah, the matchup. They, they can yeah. pick another one. Can't do that in Monday Night Football. You got to stay with it. Yeah. So they were stuck with it, and it turned out to be an exciting contest, despite it not mattering for about anything. But the Ravens win on a kick six, 33-27 to move to 4-7 and overall. The Browns clinched their eighth straight losing season, falling to 2-9 and this contest. So Josh, Josh McCown starts. Johnny Manziel moved the third string. Okay, now this is interesting that he's moved to third string. Supposed to be, normally teams don't activate three quarterbacks. Right. You're supposed to, you normally only have two. The third guy's a healthy scratch, deactivated, not active for the game. But to fill their 46 players you're allowed to activate on game day, with some other injuries, some other scratches, Johnny Manziel suits up. Josh McCown goes out with a collarbone injury. Did not return to the game. Insert backup. Not Johnny Manziel. Their second stringer, his name is now escaping me at the moment. Something Davis. Please, so can, yes, Austin Davis. That's Austin, what I thought, but I, I didn't, I didn't, for some reason that didn't resonate with me well. Austin Davis, insert him. He, 7 for 10, 77 yards, one touchdown. Yeah, there you go. Took solid. him right down the field. They took a field goal late, knotted it up. Then they got the defense. Then they went right down again, and they were setting up for a game-winning field goal, and it's blocked. And not only is it blocked, it's picked up by Will Hill. 
<laughs> I believe is his name. Yeah. <laughs> and returned for a touchdown. 64 yards. In a kick six as the Ravens win 33-27 to against the Browns. Now, I have a couple points on this entire scenario, just basically that final two minutes. For some reason, I got done with my work, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay here and watch this game. I'm gonna not going to fall asleep. I'm not going to whatever. I'm just going to sit here, and I'm going to intently watch this game. So I did. I was like, this is a good game. We're going overtime. This is good. The Browns, you know, they're going up and down the field, whatever. When the Browns set up for the field goal, I said to myself, the Ravens are going to block this and return it. <laughs> no one's going to believe me, and I'm okay with that <laughs> because I was thinking I should tweet it out, but I didn't. I was like, you know what? Man, I was just like, I was kind of like half joking to myself. Yeah. Yes, I talked to myself, get over that. But I was like half talk, I was like half joking, and I was like, you know what? They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna return. They're gonna block this and return it for a touchdown, and that's how this game's gonna end because it's just a wacky, wild Cleveland Baltimore Monday Nighter. Yeah. And then lo and behold, it happens. And I'm like, if I tweeted that out, I would have had it ESPN knocking on my door with a blank check or waiting to hire me. <laughs> Yeah. But no one will believe me now that I predicted that. But in reality, I promise you I did. That's wild. And it's a darn shame that I didn't because it, that's what turned out. Kick six. And now another point I have on this, and I want to get your take on it, is do you notice that they had to go back out for another play? Even though it was a, it was a kick, it was like a touchdown, they had to kick an extra point. Or attempt an extra point. So the Ravens went out and need it. Okay. Why do you have to do that? Yeah, it's not necessary at all. The clock the clock hits zeros, you know. Right, the clock's that, at zero. It doesn't no, matter. There's no reason for that. Now, here's my question, and, 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 and if anyone's listening out there and wants to chime in on Twitter, at Tyler Trumbauer, at do underscore anything, to, to clarify, you're not allowed to return an extra point, right? Right. Because that would be my only thing is, is if you block the extra point, I don't think you can return it. No, you but can't. I think if it's a two-point conversion attempt and it's, say, intercepted or whatever and returned, you can return it for a touchdown. Or maybe it's the other way around. I'm no not idea. sure. I have no because idea. that would be the only way that attempt at having to force them out yeah. Makes sense. Right. Because say they attempt the extra point. It's blocked. And we have a return all the way to the end zone, just like that field goal that set up that extra point. Then the Browns win with no with no time left on the clock. Right? That's an interesting take on that. I don't know. Because I, I didn't really like it. I didn't like it. Because it just ruined the whole mood. Yeah, like what Harbaugh and Petten already shook hands. 98% of both of the teams were already out on the field. Probably some of them are already back at the locker room. Okay, so they, they made everyone get off the field. And they made everyone get back. And then the the Ravens had to get 11 guys out on the field. They didn't even care who they were. They just <laughs> took a knee. I think they took a knee, A, because of the not caring, because you won 33-27. You didn't need the extra point. And B, because maybe because if they blocked it or you went for the two point, which I don't know why you would, but if you say you did... It could be returned. Exactly. That's my question. Why is that? Yeah, why Like, why do you have to do that? Because if you think about it, think about this. 
And here's my question, and, and, here's, and here's my kind of counter-argument to my own argument, regardless of if you can return an extra point or not. In overtime, like the Sunday night game between Denver and New England, how did that game end? On a walk-off, right? Right. So when they ran in that touchdown, they went around the end, right down the end zone. Did they kick an extra point? No. Why not? Exactly. You got to do it here. here. Why is it different between overtime and regulation? If it's sudden, I understand because it's sudden death at that point in time because the New England Patriots have had 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 a possession, Cincinnati had a possession, and you know now it's just it's it's the first points, safety, field goal, whatever. I got that, but why is it different in overtime than it is with no time remaining in regulation? No. Why do you have to kick that extra point? It just kind of ruins it. Yeah, it would have been great you. to be a walk-off. Everyone's out on the field. Mass chaos. You know, if it was college, they'd storm the field. Whatever. <laughs> but you ruined it, NFL. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That doesn't make any sense as to why you, the, the field goal unit needs to come out for any reason. You know, after, especially after the clock hit all zeros. We just, we just scored a touchdown. You know, we're, it's celebration time. I don't know what what it is, why you would make us line back up to, you know, for an extra play. For right. What? That's what for I'm what? taking away. Because I don't care who wins or loses this game. It could end it in a tie for all I care. Yeah. It was entertaining, and I'm happy. But my question, I tweeted this out, and I tagged ESPN stats and info. You know, they always got that good stuff. Yeah. Tweet now. When was the last time back-to-back NFL games ended in a walk-off? Now, last night obviously wasn't a true walk-off because it wasn't the last play of the game. They had to do that (laughs) stupid kneel down. But it was essentially a walk-off. So when was the last time back-to-back NFL games ended in a walk-off? Because think about it. Sunday night, overtime, rushing touchdown, walk-off win. Last night, kick six, walk-off win. When was the last time that happened? Probably not often. Probably been a while, if ever. Did they tweet you back? No. Did you expect them to? (laughs) Sometimes they do. I got a like on it from some random dude. Yeah, that's usually what happens when you tweet like big time Twitter things. I don't know. I I don't know. Some people t- some people get tweets back from uh, big time Twitter accounts. I'm not the one. I'll let you know if it happens. So here's my question for Favorite you. It and screenshot here's my question. Account. I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my question for you. So so it sounds like Josh McCown might be in some serious health problems. Yeah, he looks. He might bad. be his his collarbone might be done. He might be done for the year. So if he is, if you're the Cleveland Browns, what do you do? Do you start Austin Davis or do you start Johnny Manziel? I'm not saying Austin Davis is bad. Austin Davis has had playing time. I think he's had a few career starts in the National Football League. But Johnny Manziel's been in the building longer. Johnny Manziel's had starting time with this unit. Who do you start? Obviously, they were setting a tone last night. Putting yeah. on, putting, putting Manziel, yeah. Yeah, sticking with their depth chart and saying, Johnny, you are third string. You are only here in case of emergency. You, see, you shouldn't even be suited up for this game. I mean, I think you have to – I think that's on the coaches. I think you have to rest, you know, on your laurels. Like, if you – if you – you bench Johnny Manziel because, obviously, he went out. You know, right. It says he broke his promise here and went out, so he's benched. You got to stick with that. You know, because if you don't, it's just like it's just gonna set a bad precedent. Like, oh, I can go on break the rules, and you know, I'll still play, even though they held firm to it last night for the most part. I think you, I think you continue this, you know, for at least you know the season's almost over. So, 
you continue it for a couple more games. They're at know? 11 games. They got five more games. They got five more games. Yeah, you continue it for a couple games. And if you're struggling, like if you're just struggling, struggling, then obviously you throw, you throw him in there to see what he can do because obviously he has more experience, you know, more time with the with the starters and stuff. So, but I think you just need to. If I was the, if I was a Cleveland coach, if I was a coach of the Cleveland uh, Browns, I would yeah. stick with it. I would I would probably throw Davis in there because McCown McCown just looks like. He's yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's in college. Johnny Manziel got to do whatever he wanted. Right now in the NFL, he's realizing he can't. And you know why he did in college? Because a is college, and b you're that good. He's good. Yeah, Johnny Manziel was good enough in college to oh, to look past his off-field issues. Right. You know that. You're a student athlete. If you're good, people overlook the bad things you've done. Correct. But if you're not good, they'll sit your butt on the bench. Yeah. If you're not good, you're going to get called out for what you're doing. you got to mind your P's and Q's. Right. But if you're a talent and you're an asset to not only that football team, but that university as a whole, because we know how much money goes into college athletics, especially big-time college football. A crazy amount. Yeah. Johnny Manziel was one of the best employees Texas A&M had that year without ever having to pay him. Think about how much money he brought in, and they never had to pay him a dime. Yeah. And that starts a whole other uh, debate on whether right. college athletes should be paid. Right. But, yeah, I think, yeah, and that's, that circumstance is totally different because he was producing. He was big time. He's Now he's just Johnny Football, and he's done nothing in the National Football League. Right. He's shown some growth, shown some production. I would have been okay with the Browns starting him. I would have too, yeah. And it's not just that he went out, like you said, but that video surfaced, and then he lied about it. Because apparently this was a while ago that, that of that video was shot. Yeah. But the fact that it came out, and apparently he corroborated with, with his Johnny football homies and told all to lie about the date of the, of the video. Oh, for real? Yeah, to saying, oh, this was, this was a long time ago. This, this, this didn't happen. You know, saying back when Johnny was boozing and cruising in, in the first year mm-hmm. of his NFL career, not recently and it was more recently so it's bad it's not good for johnny manziel so we'll see what they do mike pettins might have another quarterback situation on hand here obviously clinching the eighth straight losing season for the cleveland browns we're gonna hit another break here in the show come back then i promise hitting the hardwood that monday nighter was just too good to not touch on they didn't even expect to really talk about it but of course with it being cleveland and of course with a historic ending between the baltimore ravens and the cleveland browns something you just have to talk about here on the morning after in northwest pennsylvania we'll be right back after this we'll get in the nba get chewy's takes on kobe bryant's retirement how he did it the poet, and he didn't even know it. And Jaleel Okafor, and is he a thug? That and more on the other side. Welcome back, 88.9. Fighting Scots Radioist, the morning after. Tyler Trumbauer, athlete extraordinaire. Chewy with you fine folks here in our studios in Compton 102, straight out of Compton Hall on the campus of Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania. Thank you all for tuning in on your radio on edinburghnow.com and the TuneIn app. On mobile devices. If you missed any of today or want to listen to it again, you can always check out our podcast out on edinburghnow.com. That'll be up later today. Talk about some good stuff there. And uh, you can always check out, we got our entire archive of all the shows from the past. And of course, we got the spectator articles and the like. All the hub for campus media, which is edinburghnow.com, should make that the homepage on your mobile web browser. You download the TuneIn app yet, Chew? 
No, I always oh forget. my goodness. <laughs> I always forget. How do we even let you in the building? I always forget. Well, I listen to the podcast. Though, don't so, talk. You know. Anywho, like let's get to the NBA that. now. Disappointing. Uh, I actually typed it in my uh, thing, my search one time. Yeah. And I just didn't even download it. I don't even know why. Something came up. <laughs> Kobe Bryant announces via the Players' Tribune in a poem to basketball that he will be retiring at the end of this season, essentially admitting in a poetic form that his heart and his mind still loves the game and wants to play, but his body can't take the rigors of an 82-game NBA season. Yeah. Your thoughts, sir? Well, my thoughts on this is it's, it's, it's sad, you know, because he's one of the greatest players of of our generation. He's one of the greatest players ever. A lot of people make the case that he's, you know, a top five or top ten player ever in the NBA, you know, that's ever touched a basketball. So it's definitely sad for um, a lot of people. I know myself. I know my roommate, uh, Nate. He's a huge Kobe fan. You know, he said he might cry the day it happens, the day it actually happens. <laughs> but, you know, these days, you know, where where your body can't take the, you know, the abuse, um, father time catches up with everyone. You know, you get right. older. It's, it's just a way, it's just a part of life. And it's unfortunate because Kobe has done so many good things uh, for the game of basketball. You know, he influenced me, you know, a lot in the game of basketball. I'm sure I'm not the only one. He's influenced a lot of people. You know, with the with his passion for the game, you know, um, with his skill level, how he played the game the right way, you know, how he he wasn't always the best teammate, but he always you could never question how much he loved the game and how much he wanted to win, and he's 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 gonna go down, you know, as one of the greatest players ever. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Um, I think uh, his jersey will get retired. I don't think that. I think it it will definitely get retired. Um, and he just has, he's just been a positive ambassador of the game, not only for, you know, uh, people in this country, but, a, you know, he's a huge fan. His jersey sells, like, number one, like, in China. Right. So you can, just see, you can just see the type of influence he has there. Um, you know, his greatness has has surpassed, you know, has has surpassed over, overseas and everywhere. So he's just had a great influence on the game. It's sad to see him go. It's sad to see him, you know, struggling the way he's struggling right now in his last NBA season. Um, and he did an interview the other day. He was just talking about how, like, he doesn't prepare any differently for games than he has been, you know, his entire career. Right. It's just his his body isn't responding. You know, you can only push yourself so hard, and you can only <clears throat> you can only mentally prepare yourself so much, but there, that's nothing if your body can't go out and execute, you know? Right. So it's just like, it's nothing he can do. He's just kind of accepted the fact that he's he won't be the same. And that's a lot of, the, and him accepting defeat like that is something that we've never seen from Kobe, you know? He's, he's been on bad teams where he's still expected greatness out of his teammates, even though they didn't make the playoffs that year. That's just the type of person he is. He always expects greatness. And for him to concede to his career being over, it, it just, it's just double sad. But um, 
as you can see, it affects. It, it's going to affect me greatly. It's going to affect a lot of people. And yeah, I'm you just, sound pretty passionate there, yeah, homeboy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely. So let me ask you this question. There's a few. There's a few facets to this. Is is what does? Do you like the way he announced it right now? I mean, it's kind of like. You know, I feel like he he didn't want to retire, but he's admitting defeat. He's admitting that hey, I tried this, yeah, and it didn't work. Like if he came out at the beginning of this year and said this is my last year, or even if he went the entire year and then just said it at the end, how do you feel about him when he's been playing pretty poor as of late? Right. I mean, this is very isolated—a month compared to his what decades long career. Exactly. How do you feel about the way he announced it right now during a tough time for the Lakers, who are only the second worst team to only the Philadelphia 76ers? Um, well, I have no, I have no issues with like the timing of his announcement. When he came into the season, he was basically coming in with the mindset to see if he still could play, you know, at a high level. He thought he felt like he could still play at a high level because it was just, it was only like two years ago that he was playing extremely well. Right, you know, before he uh, tore his Achilles and had mm-hmm. other injuries and stuff like that, so he was coming off the injury, trying to see where he was at physically, you know. So he wasn't going to concede to retiring after this year, if he was still, you know, playing and producing at a high level. Once he played a couple games and realized that he wasn't the same player, I think um, it kind of hit him, you know, fate kind of hit him that wow, maybe it's time to hang it up. And I have no, I, I have no problem with the timing or how he did it, I think in writing a letter to basketball, he just showed how much passion he had for the game. You know, it just showed how much heart he put into it because it gave, like you said, like he said, it gave, basketball gave him an opportunity, you know, that not many people have. It it took him around the world, you know, it made him a lot of money. It's just like you you invest so much time into something and you watch it grow, and now it's being taken away from you, you know, that's heartbreaking. Right. So I definitely don't have any issue with the timing, and um, I think this is the right time for him. I think I wasn't going to say he should retire before the year, but I think I was going to say, like, after this year, even before this came out, I think he should have retired. Last question on the matter. Obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer, obviously going to have his number retired as the Laker. What number do they retire, 8 or 24? That's a good question. <laughs> Shoot. That's a great question. Both of them. Why not? Cuz he won- Can you he won- can you retire two numbers I, for one player? I don't think so. I don't think so. But it's like I think I think you retire I don't know. Cuz he won he won three championships with number 8 and mm-hmm. he won two with 24. But the the later on his career, in his career, he talks about how important the later ones were. I, you know, every new th- championship is sweeter than the last. Right. So I feel like if if he wanted the option, I feel like he would choose 24. So I'm going to go with 24. All right, that's Chewy's prediction. Yeah. We'll see if that holds true in, what, two years from now maybe? Yeah, Probably we'll not see. even that. We'll see. But that's that's interesting. Yep, one of the greatest players in NBA history you know, I think Kevin Durant said it. He's our Michael Jordan. Right. You know what I mean? Michael Kobe Bryant's Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan. Exactly. Now, their generation growing up, got to remember, Kevin Durant's only a few years older than us right here on campus now. He's, what, 23 maybe? He's, he's a little older, like maybe 27. 27 now? Yeah. He was one and done league. at Texas. Is time flying that much? It, it does. All right. <laughs> I remember I'm that. I'm 21 now. <laughs> 
So he's he's on the younger side. Um, but yeah, so Kobe Bryant done at the end of this year. And interesting enough, he makes this retirement announcement, and then his next game tonight at the Wells Fargo Center against the Philadelphia 76ers, normally a game that's not going to mean much because it pits the worst two teams in the NBA against each other. However, Kobe, being from Philly, a lower Marion high school grad, goes home for one last final game at the Wells Fargo Center and gets to play in front of that home crowd. Yeah. So that obviously is good timing there with matching that up. Yeah. I think a lot of his games are going to sell out just because oh, yeah. his career is winding down and people want to see him play in person before he goes. I think on so. StubHub now, for that final game of the year, I think the Lakers play the Jazz yeah. in their final game of the year, and I think it's at the Staples Center. It's at least $560 just to get into the door, just to get a, a bottom-of-the-barrel ticket, Jeez. just to be able to be like, I was there. Yeah. You're spending over $500, and I'm sure that will rise yeah. even more as you get closer and closer to the game day, of course, that being far away in March. So, I said they play the Sixers tonight. That's a good segue to get into the Philadelphia 76ers. Another guy that uh, aspires to be like Kobe Bryant, Julio Okafor. He's had a nice career thus far in his rookie season on the court. I think certainly a rookie of the year candidate. I think the Sixers not winning a game hurts that, and I think the fact that that Perzingis for the Knicks is just coming into his own, surprising everybody, including probably the Knicks front office who drafted him, sure. is most likely going to win Rookie of the Year, <clears throat> at least the way it's looking now. Yeah. But Jaleel Okafor, off the court. Last week, Sixers lost narrowly to Boston, goes to a club afterwards. Mind you, he's 19. None of that's really being talked about. <laughs> is that a club? Uh some guy screams Sixers suck at him outside the club. He clocks the guy, knocks him out. Then after that, everyone's like, oh, okay. I was at home when this has happened. Everyone's like, all right, I like this guy. He's got some fight in him. Yeah. You know, he's standing up for the Sixers. This is what the city needs, blah, blah, blah. Then it comes out, oh, well, he kind of got into a fight in Philly, too. Oh, and then he kind of had a gun pointed at him outside that fight. Because, you know, this ain't Boston. That ain't some white boy from Boston telling you the Sixers suck. This is Philly. Yeah. And when you're going to fight, someone's bringing a gun. Yeah, for sure. They don't, don't, they don't just have chapstick in their pocket. They got, <laughs> they're prepared. And then he gets, and then a report comes out that a few weeks ago he got pulled over for going 108 miles per hour on the George Washington or on the Ben Franklin Bridge. Going anything over 40 miles an hour on that bridge, too, is considered reckless driving. He's going 108, 68 miles per hour over that. Now reports come out last night. Sixers mum on all of this, mind you. Reports come out last night via ESPN's Chris Broussard that Jaleel Okafor's posse requested the Sixers to provide a security guard everywhere Jaleel Okafor goes outside the normal parameters of his life. Hmm. And the Sixers will do that. Your thoughts? Um, this is this is crazy. I think when he was at Duke, um, there was never any you know off the court issues with him. Right. It was just about him and his greatness on the court. <clears throat> but I think none that we heard of, mind none, you. Yeah, none that we heard of, obviously. But Duke is a great program. They have a great coach. You know, he usually 
Coach K usually has his players, you know, in line. In line. I think this is a, this issue. Um, you can give him a pass. I guess a lot of people are giving him a pass for you know defending the Sixers, even though the the heckler or whatever yelled out a fact they did suck. But <laughs> I think this is I just I just think this is an issue of uh, a young kid, you know, who's growing up. Um, he's he's thrown into. He he's forced to be a grown up. You know, he has a lot of money now. All of a sudden, he has a lot yeah. of freedom. Right. He's got a lot of fans. He's in a major city. He's he's in a major city, and he you know and that and that can cause for a lot of enemies as well. You know, as much love as he gets can also there's always somebody out <coughs> there that's hating. Right. So, um, he's handling himself poorly to say the least. You know, fighting outside of nightclubs. You're not even old enough to get into ni- the nightclub. He's club. 19. Where? Why is no one talking about this? There's, usually, when you have money, you can do. You know, I know. I you mean, can, you're rich. You can do anything you, <laughs> you can want. Do what you want. But the fact is, like, I under- I'm not questioning the club letting him in. I'm question, which is illegal. But I'm questioning right. the fact that no one's really having an issue with that. They're like, oh, well, you're getting in fights. The man's not. He's not. He's younger than me. He's younger than me. <laughs> I mean, I may look 12, but I'm 20. This this is a case where he just needs to grow up, you know. And he apologized for all his actions. Um, obviously, apology is cool, but words are cheap. Yeah, actions speak definitely speak louder than words. And right now, he's just not handling himself how he needs to be. And I just feel like he's getting thrown into situations. And I don't know if that's part of his friends, you know, that have anything to do with that. Because usually, you know, you can get into trouble. With do the you think? That you're let me ask around. you this question: Do you think this? behavior say it's new say he was clean cut in duke really nothing happened do you think this behavior is stemming from maybe some frustration from the fact that you are 0 and 18 i think yeah especially after the first incident yeah cuz if you're if you're punching a guy for saying the sixers suck then obviously you're frustrated with losing you know? right and then if you're going to nightclubs i feel like if you're going to nightclubs after games after losses because you're losing you know, obviously, you're going there to release some stress, right? You know, so I'm. I definitely think that the Sixers losing has a lot to do with um, his aggression, but it's just you just need to you need to handle yourself better. Better, you can't have guns. You know, you can't be in. You can't be held at gunpoint. You're 19 years old. You know, like how as many as a enemies? franchise player yeah. in the National Basketball Association. Yeah, like how many enemies could you possibly have at 19? Like. <laughs> It's right. Not, You've only been in smart. Philly for how many months? Exactly. Not even that much. So let me ask you this question. Getting away from Julio Okafor's uh, bad boy-like persona off the court, staying on the court with the Sixers. Sixers face the Lakers tonight, as I said. Kobe Bryant comes home. Do the Sixers get their first win, or do the Lakers get a win tonight at the Wells Fargo Center? That's the first part of this twofold question. I think the Sixers get their first win tonight. Well, then that answers my second yeah. point because I was going to be like, when is the next time the Sixers get the win? So you say the Sixers, who now currently own the longest losing streak in all professional American sports, don't tie the worst start in NBA history because the Nets were 0-19, I think, in 2009, 2010. Yeah, I think they get a win. I, I remember we talked about it. We were going over the schedule yep. a couple weeks ago. You said that last I said this is the game that – that they have the best chance of winning. Like, they're the two worst teams in the NBA. So, it's like, it's it's really a toss-up. So, I think this is the one they get simply because they're at home, I think. You yes. know, that gives them a little bit of an advantage, but that's about it. 
That's no, I certainly it. agree, sir. And uh, I went home. I watched them play two games, especially against the Celtics, and I was horrible. They turned the ball over down the stretch. They had a four-point yeah, lead. They turned the ball over three straight possessions down the court. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely horrible. It was a laughing stock. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching more of that nonsense when I get home for the holidays. So, truth, appreciate the time today. Always good stuff. Uh, talking Burrow basketball. NBA and Monday Night Football here on the morning after. Thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget we have that Borough Basketball tonight. Mike Fenner, yours truly on the call from Erie and the Mercyhurst Athletic Center as the Lakers host the Edinburgh Fighting Scots women at 5.30, men at 7.30. Pre-game coverage begins about 5.15, 5.20 right here on 88.9, edinburghnow.com, the TuneIn app, and the Keystone Sports Network. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday with Tubby Right here, 9 to 10 a.m. on 88.9 for another edition of the Morning After. Tom Risenweber of the Erie Times News calling in at 9.15 tomorrow to talk local high school football and the PIAA coming up coming out with their new classifications and which school is going to be 3A, 4A, 5A, 6A, the like. We have a bunch to talk about with Tom tomorrow, 9.15 on the show. Don't go... Don't want to miss that. Of course, Tubby, after that Browns defeat, should be interesting as well. We'll talk to you tonight from Erie tomorrow morning on another edition of The Morning After.